Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to help. And fair warning, our help comes with some strong language attached. And you should know the drill by now. We're like at episode 10. Get your kids out of here because we're about to say some things. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love, talk to people we adore, crushes we have, and self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode. And you know what? It's been a, a week. A I think week. we all know what, we're, what I'm talking about. So, you know, usually we give a little chit-chat at the top of the show, but, you know, we're going to go straight into the bummer news this week. And, you know, trigger warning, we're going to be talking about mass shootings and gun violence. So if you'd rather skip the segment and protect your peace, we completely understand. Feel free to just skip ahead on your podcast app until you hear us talking about antidotes, um, which you'll know because we'll, you know, we'll sound more relaxed. The only thing we're discussing today is, as you can probably guess, are the 19 students and two teachers who were killed in a mass shooting in my home state of Texas. Just for context, if you haven't heard... And where have you been if you haven't? I mean, where have you been if you haven't heard? But we're just a mere 10 days after a gunman killed 10 Black people in Buffalo, New York, who were just at the grocery store living a normal Saturday. And now we're encountering the fact that an 18-year-old gunman killed 19 students and two teachers in a mass shooting in Uvalde. Texas. And of course, he used an AR-15. According to the New York Times, officials said that when specially equipped federal immigration agents arrived at Robb Elementary School, local police told them to hold off from confronting the gunman. So this man was just in there going ham while police were right outside. Parents, in fact, begged police to enter the school while the shooter was inside, but they allegedly refused for 40 entire minutes. (sighs) I don't even know how to express my grief this week. Yeah. Because Buffalo happened, I believe, on the 14th. It was just to process that, that people just woke up that morning and went to the grocery store and were murdered by an AR-15 that said the N-word on the side. Then they were just shot down and it was on Twitch. What sick stuff is that? And I like I had that pit in my stomach was still not healed. And I was trying to figure out, like, be able to, like, live life again after beginning to process that trauma. And then I'm just at work one day and I hear this and that it's babies. I the fact that still and yet there have been bills Uh, announced and tried to be passed already and that the Republicans, the GOP or whatever, refuse to act. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because there have been more mass shootings in America than there have been days in 2022. Okay. So Tuesday, May 24th was the 144th day of the year and it was the 212th mass shooting in 2022. That's how bad this is. And that's the thing. There have been two gun bills that have passed in the House and not yet in the Senate. They're called HR8 and HR1446 that both would tighten gun sales regulations by expanding background checks. No one's trying to take anyone's guns. We're just trying to have background checks for the people who have them. And also, no one needs an AR-15. Literally, that's what these bills are saying and the way that it's being convoluted in the press to be like, they're trying to take our guns. And I'm like, no, you don't need these guns. And we're trying to background people like this guy who bragged on Twitter about having an AR-15 two days before he went and shot up this school. That's what these bills are trying to stop. And the GOP won't let them pass because they are being funded by gun lobbyists. That's the issue. Yeah, a thousand percent. And it's so disgusting. I used to be a a writer's assistant on a show in New York. And um, Mm -hmm. in between um, seasons, I actually worked um, at Everytown for Gun Safety. So I should say that um, 
people, I remember having to check the emails and people thinking that Sandy Hook was a hoax and people sending such terrible emails to this organization. We weren't allowed to tell people where the office was. Like we literally had to sign something not to tell anyone where the office was. And all that organization was ever trying to do was like universal background checks and mental health stuff. That's it. And then I actually got to... Um, attend a bunch of lectures and stuff like that. And I would love to take everybody's guns away. I am not on the same page as every town. I would like to take everybody's guns away. That's just me, Grace Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I remember even learning that having a gun in a household or whatever even increases the likelihood of death by suicide. Yeah. It, it increases the likelihood of death by domestic violence. Like it, like beyond the mass shooting issue, like guns in the home, like kill children, this gun culture, this addiction to guns that this country has is sick and twisted and it's yeah. killing, you know, thousands of people every year that don't need to be dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. A hundred percent. Last thing I want to bring up on the dark side of this issue is that, you know, Beto O'Rourke, he's a former El Paso congressman. He confronted Texas Governor Greg Abbott at a press conference and said, quote, the time to stop the next shooting is right now and you are doing nothing. You said this is not predictable. This is totally predictable, end quote. And the thing is, he's right. He's absolutely right. And the fact that the police swept him out of that courtroom faster than they entered that school is something that kept me up at night. The fact that he spoke truth to power for one, like, five-second moment and they got him out of there is something that I'm just like, wow, so weird. Are we still confused about what police are up to? Are we still confused about what police care about? Are we? A thousand percent. This is the sickness that the NRA has made, like, being a Republican synonymous with loving guns. Like, and... (laughs) And also somehow synonymous with a pro... What's the word again? Pro-life? The party that's pro-life won't get rid of AR-15s. The party that's pro-life won't protect the lives of children. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make fucking sense. It doesn't. So what we wanted to do is give our listeners opportunities to uh, help in some way, shape or form. You know, at the end of the day, this will not bring any of the people back. So even, you know, donating money feels very hollow right now because I keep thinking about those kids that were dropped off at school that morning and are not in their parents' arms right now. Mm -hmm. But here are some things that you can do to help um, some of the victims' um, families. In our own way, Grace and I often feel that an antidote in times like this is activism. Um, And like Grace said, sometimes giving money feels hollow. But um, we also want you to call your senators, call your congressmen, and we'll present some ways to do that, both in our show notes and right now and on our social feeds so that you can stay involved in whatever capacity you can handle. No pressure, you know, Um, sometimes you have to disconnect to stay, you know. Uh, present in your day, but hopefully this is helpful. You can donate to the Texas Elementary Victims GoFundMe. It's uh, 4.5 million at the time of this recording um, and counting. Um, So a lot of people have been donating to that one. The fund was started by Victims First, a network of families of the deceased and survivors from over two decades of previous mass shootings. Let's not forget that these shootings have been happening for a while. So you can donate to the Buffalo Survivors Fundraiser. Um, It's at $2 million and counting, and it was started by the National Compassion Fund, which is a subsidiary of the National Center for Victims of Crime, the nation's leading resource and advocacy center for victims of all types of crime. There's also, of course, Sandy Hook Promise. Let's not forget um, the mass shooting that we thought would change things that didn't. You can donate to the Sandy Hook Promise. The Sandy Hook victims are working to get more laws for gun control. You can donate or send a letter to Congress through their portal, sandyhookpromise.org. And you can also uh, donate to Everytown USA. Um, And they also have um, a resource that allows you to send a letter to your senator through everytown.org demanding to prioritize gun legislation. And you can text ACT to 644 
uh, -33. That's text ACT to 644-33 and it auto populates information that you can send to your senator. Uh wow. Okay. Well, it's hard to come out of something like that. I mean, yeah. How are you feeling, Grace? Um not great. Uh very sad this week. Um how about you? I mean, very much the same. It's really hard. I'm just going to be honest and like it's really hard because it, it's my home state. Um, mm-hmm. It's a state where, you know, my brothers are raising their children. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this keeps happening in America on repeat, it just makes me think of that Onion article. Like, no way to prevent this says only country where this always happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel uh, powerless mm-hmm. and really emotional. And yeah. I... This feeling is going to continue, and I also want to be able to push forward um, and find some space for positivity. And so that's what we're here for. It's not to ignore what's going on. It's really to just find ways to try and find ways to bring ourselves comfort. So, yeah. This country is, um, I don't know, maybe time for a new one. <laughs> Maybe we need to start from scratch. I you know, would love maybe that. maybe we can start from scratch um, because people should be able to go. And this is just examples for the from the past week and a half. People should be able to go to the grocery store, to church, and to elementary school elementary without school. fear of being gunned down. I know I've been looking over my shoulder every time I've been to the grocery store this week. So yeah. Um, okay. Well. Uh, let's get into the antidote. Yeah. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. Um, or at least tried. (laughs) What was your antidote this week, Grace? Well, I will say that, um, my antidote this week probably just, it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) If it was intended to make me feel better, uh, it didn't really make me feel better, but it did give me a moment of... Uh, escape. Um, I decided one day to do a bathroom spa day. Nice. Which is lovely. So Mm -hmm. what I do is I usually put on like I have a little portable speaker. And so I put on um, like you know, one of my favorite podcasts, Why Won't You Date Me by um, Nicole Byer. Because, oh. you know, listening to Nicole, it's always going to be fun. It's always going to be silly. It's always going to make me laugh. So I put that on. And then uh, I took like a really lovely long shower um, using um, my favorite exfoliating scrub, um, mm. which is by Mary Magdalene. And mm-hmm. my favorite uh, oh, scrub. I love that. Mar- there- Wait, there's a brand of body scrubs called Mary Magdalene. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, That's I love it. Cool. You know, it exfoliates, which we all need to like slough off like all the dead skin. And then it also has oil in it. So it's also moisturizing at the same time. So um, I did that. And then I washed my face. Um, and I use um, Tata Harper products for that. But um, I also have this little PMD. I'm showing it to Amy right now. It's like <laughs> what a little, is that? What's a PMD? It's like a little, it's like a scrubber on one side. So it has like... Okay, silica- guys, it looks like Gumby. Like it's like a little <laughs> body that like has no arms and then a round little head. It's real cute. <laughs> and so it's pink because I'm a girl. A and, girl um, and then it uh, has like these little scrubby, like silicone scrubbies on one side. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, there's just a war- rose quartz little um, disc. And then the rose quartz little disc heats up. Wait, what? How? Oh, because so, of hot water in the shower. No, 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 no. This is this this is um, actually um, you charge it. So what? It's, it's, oh, yeah, that's why it kind of looks like a vibrator. Yeah, it's a little electric. Bit. <laughs> it does yeah, kind of so look I'm like a vibrator. You my I vibrator it look like gummy, air. but it, it kind of <laughs> looks like a vibrator. <laughs> um, anyway, it is not. But uh, on one side, it's got this little rose quartz little disc and it heats up. So you, so wow. what I do is as I'm getting out of the shower, I press the little button that makes it heat up. Um, uh-huh. And then I put on my like little robe or whatever. And then I go over to the sink. And that's where the spa day continues, friends. 
So it's keep not the oh, YouTube girl. It's not the YouTube channel. Like what? <laughs> so um, so then um, I have um, this new product that I just introduced into my skincare routine that I'm obsessed with. Um, it's um, by Pat McGrath, um, mm-hmm. makeup maven, um, uh, Jamaican queen, <laughs> British Jamaican queen. Anyway, so there's this um, beautiful. It's uh, it's called Rose Zero Zero One. The essence, and it's called mm-hmm. divine skin. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, you just put like three little drops in your palm, and then you just press it into your skin. And literally, mm. it smells so good. And then it just, it my skin loves it. It just sucks it up or whatever. Nice. And if I can literally feel my skin looking better, feeling more tight or whatever. So mm-hmm. after that, I put on um, lactic acid. My, I do mine from Tatcha or whatever. It's called the Dewy Serum. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, I finish it off with um, Ren, uh, which is clean beauty. Oh, I which love I- Ren. And it's not expensive either. Ren is not expensive and really good products. Yeah, yeah. And and it's also clean beauty because I've been very mm-hmm. obsessed with like not putting, I don't know, chemicals, toxic chemicals yeah. in my skin. So it's clean skincare. And I use the Glow Daily Vitamin C Gel Cream um, all over. And so my skin is like so moisturized and supple. And then I did like a little under eye mask just from Sephora. Fuck, this is like too I much. put. <laughs> Like, y'all gonna have to like text Grace or DM her and be like, just drop me the regimen because yeah, I yeah. feel like she's been talking for 40 minutes and I'm like, oh, I need all of these things. Yeah, it made me feel um taking care, like I was taking care of myself in the midst of all the grief that I was feeling this week over the shootings. But uh, so it didn't fully take away that, but it gave me a moment to at least like, oh, I'm taking care of myself right now. Um, which made me feel really good. Um, so uh, what was your antidote this week, Amy? Yeah, I, um, I've i been feeling a little sick. Uh, so I have been making myself hot toddies in the evening before mm. I go to bed. Um, yeah. I love a hot toddy. I said I only, I think mm. there was a time where I said I have the ingredients to make one drink in my house and it's a Sazerac. That's like my favorite cocktail. But I actually always have the ingredients to make a hot toddy. Hot toddy is ginger tea with honey, a splash of lemon, and just a dollop of whiskey. And mm. I really enjoy making it when you feel like sore throat or like a cold coming on or anything mm. like that. Um, it's nice to drink something warm before you go to bed and the whiskey kind of like helps you sleep well. Because <laughs> it's not like, it's like half a shot of whiskey. I'm not yeah. I'm not like out here getting drunk on a hot toddy. Um, but I like switching up the whiskeys because it makes the hot toddy taste different. Of course, y'all mm-hmm. know my obsession with Bro Brothers whiskey. But I also really love Redemption Rye and um, some spicier whiskey whiskeys too that I've tried in my hot toddy. And this week it was nice to do this because I'm someone who tends to check the news like morning, noon, night, and not like all day long, but literally in the morning around Mm -hmm. noon and at night, because that's when I have breaks. So, um, I'll check the news on my lunch break. I check the news before I go to bed. And obviously the news this week was really dark. And yeah. what was great was that I would check it before I made or before before while I was drinking my hot toddy. And then yeah. I would like watch some Netflix and just chill out a little bit. And then because of the whiskey, I'm like, ooh, I'm a little. And also ginger tea makes me tired too. So I was like, ooh, I'm a little tired. Um, I'm just going to go straight to bed. I'm not going to read anything else. I'm just going to go straight to bed. And mm-hmm. it was really nice. And I actually enjoyed some nice dreams that were not about work, which is what I usually dream about. Oh my God. I literally can't (laughs) believe that you dream about work. Oh, it's terrible. I don't enjoy it. (laughs) Feels like I worked all night, but yeah. So if you feel like making yourself a little evening beverage, you can make a hot toddy. And if you are like sensitive to alcohol or don't want to have the alcohol, you can also just have ginger tea with honey and lemon. It's real relaxing. Yeah, ginger tea is a digestive, so it also helps your food digest and is mm-hmm. good for you. So, yeah, yeah, a delicious little evening cocktail to take me on to Sleepy Town. 
I love that. I love a hot toddy. Sometimes even when I'm not feeling sick, I love, love a hot toddy because it's just gives you that warm, like the whiskey going down feels a little warm and then it mixes with the natural warmth of the tea. And then there's a little bit of sweet and a little bit of sour. It's really, Mm -hmm. really a delightful drink. So I'm glad that that um, brought you a little comfort this week. I can see that. And it makes sense. Both of our antidotes were about relaxation, (laughs) (laughs) relaxation and like calming down, (laughs) escape, (laughs) self-care. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, we needed that this week. Um, And also listeners, just so you know, we also want to know what your antidotes are. So tell us your self-care stories, the things you're doing to check in with you, to make sure that you're staying centered, to disconnect from these shitty times. Head to our website, antidoteshow.org, scroll to the bottom, and press contact us. And also, you know what? You can also send us a voice note or a video. It doesn't have to be an email. Whatever's easier for you. Just go and contact us. We might just play it on a future episode. Um, When we come back from the break, we have a throwback interview with our dear friend and showrunner Stephen Canals that we recorded very early in our antidote journey. Um, He Mm -hmm. was so kind to be like, yeah, I'll let y'all practice on me. And it's so good. (laughs) We just have to share it with the world. It It was such a great interview. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Grace? Your friend, Stephen Canals. Hailing from the Bronx, Stephen Canals is the Emmy-nominated and Peabody Award-winning co-creator, executive producer, director, and writer of the FX drama series Pose. Uh, Stephen recently earned three, count them, three, 2021 Emmy Award nominations for Pose's third and final season, and he recently directed his first episode of Love, Victor, which is on Hulu now. Prior to all this glamour, <laughs> drama but make a glam, he got his start as a graduate of the prestigious UCLA MFA screenwriting program, which is where he met my co-host, Amy. And um, I'm actually angry that they're so in love, so now I pledge to steal him from her. Please welcome <laughs> Stephen Canals, my ultra talented new best friend. <laughs> Yay! <Woo! laughs> Hello, ladies. Hello, Hi. Stephen. So Hi. nice to have you here. Thank you for coming on the antidote. Um, and yeah, listeners, he's very impressive, but we aren't here to talk about your many, 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 many accomplishments. We're here to get deep. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's check in with um, my fellow New Yorker. Uh, Amy hates when I talk about New York because um, I talk about it a lot. Um, But I used to live in Harlem (laughs) and um, I have love for the Bronx. Um, So um, how are you feeling today? Like for real, for real, like not small talk. Is there anything weighing on you today? Oh, that's a big question. Um, Today... Okay, real talk. So this morning, I I was very emotional this morning. I, w- I don't know what was going mm. on with me this morning. I woke up feeling really sad. I was I woke up feeling melancholy. I think partially because we I wrapped directing my episode of Love Victor yesterday. Yeah. And the process of working on this one episode. So I I directed, I'm directing or directed the third episode of their third season, but it was mm. the first episode in their production cycle. So I'm kind of I'm mm. the person who got them started for the season. And and I literally haven't been on a set since Pose wrapped in March. And mm. you know, I just I haven't made anything. And and the year has just been kind of a, a uh, you, we all know what this year has been like. Yeah, and a nightmare. Yeah. And so being back on a set was so uh, just thrilling and exhilarating. And yeah, it is like truly, I know like every creative who's in television has like a different feeling about like what part of the process is their favorite. For sure, I can mm-hmm. say now with certainty, I love being on set. I love, love, love um, being on set. I yeah. love directing. The truth yeah. is, the, the deep, dark truth is that I do not enjoy writing. It, it's torture to me, it's not fun. I like to have written. Uh, I, love, I love to have written. I do not yeah. like to write. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I love directing. Like, I just, I, 
love being behind the camera. I really, really enjoy working with actors and, and like talking story and character and modulating performances. And so I think I was just really Mm -hmm. in my feelings about this experience that really only was like four days of prep and six days of filming being over. It's like, and now there's that process of having to just sit in the, I suppose sit in the silence or in the solitude waiting for that experience to Mm -hmm. happen again. Yeah. 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 Cause you like fall in love with whatever you're directing and it's almost like this weird breakup, like a beautiful breakup because there are no hard feelings, but you're like, I I fell in love with this to be able to do the work and get deep on everything. And then the morning after it's like, Oh, that thing I love has left me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like coming down from a high, like it almost feels like it might be like, Oh, like when you go on a fabulous vacation and you're happy to be home or whatever, but it's still like, you miss all the excitement from that. Very that. (laughs) Yeah, I I completely, completely understand that feeling. And while we're here to help raise your vibration because um, raise yeah, it. yeah, we wanna we wanna just leave you with good vibes for the evening. So this show is called the antidote because life is hard and we all need different antidotes to deal with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um so we'd love to know in your words, um, what's something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week, this month, this year, anything that's making you feel a little lighter. Well, one thing that definitely did it for me today, and it was really unexpected, uh, is I watched the uh, Oprah Adele interview and then that <gasps> concert. I wish I watched it. I wa- <laughs> Please tell Man, me about it. I wish Please I had watched tell it. Me about it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so what was your favorite part? Well, anytime Oprah's interviewing anybody, I love it. I'm, yes. I'm just yes. like Oprah in an interview is like catnip for me. Yes, uh, a queen. Like she's such a, she's just really great at interviewing people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So anyhow. And those moments when she gets surprised and you're like, they surprised Oprah? <laughs> Where yeah. she's like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she's seen it all. Yeah, were you right. silent or were you silenced? Silenced. <laughs> <laughs> or when she leans in, like when she gets closer, you know, she's about to go in yeah. and either make somebody cry yeah. or like ask a really sharp question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I live, I live for the aha moments. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so the interview was great, but also just like hearing, like listening to Adele talk about her, her life and her songs. And then her singing was really, that was lovely, you know, and I had a really nice, she has one song that always makes me feel really emotional. And I think because I was already in that place this morning, listening to her sing it live in the concert made me cry. Um, and it was nice to have that catharsis when we were young. Uh, yes there's something about I don't know if it's the lyrics in the song or it just it there's a listening it to it this morning it I think what got me was like there's just a there's a um, underlying sort of sense of regret that exists in that song that makes me think about certain people in my life where I'm like oh god you know like like I don't ever want to have to feel that way you know, like I want to yeah. make sure every choice mm-hmm. I make now is is coming from a place of pure intention so that when mm-hmm. I get to mm-hmm. the point where I'm like, I know I'm in like, you know, my third act of my life. I don't look back and feel like I have to um, live in a place of regret. Yeah, I mean, that's what mm-hmm. I love about her music. And gen- I feel like so many of her songs, she plays with memory a lot. The song for me that surprisingly makes me cry is the Say Goodbye to Your New Lover. Or say oh. hello to your new. What's yeah, the one? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. That song, it's like a happy sounding song, but the way I have wept listening to it, because mm. it's sort of like the idea of you moving on, just like in a similar way, I think when we were young is about you leaving that past and like there's a ghost of you back there and there's a ghost of you in the front of you too. You know, mm-hmm. like in that new relationship, you're kind of there. Um, all of that. I'm like Adele, she just has this way of every song feeling so personal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like good crying music and good catharsis music. I mean, my favorite Adele song is the most basic <laughs> Adele pick. Or Hello. Okay. <laughs> not a deep cut at all okay but that shit every time 
<laughs> yeah, when she goes, I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, you got me, girl. You it's, got the, me. it's the settling down for me. I heard you settled down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's like, ouch, okay. You didn't even level up. You settled down. You settled down. I know. It's like, how dare you be yeah. happy? How dare you? I know. <laughs> yes. Are there certain songs that you turn to when you're like, I just need to get some feelings out? Is it typically Adele? Are there any other artists that tend to make you go, Okay, time for a cry. I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I think, my, well, my my poor therapist will have a field day because I, you know, I have an emotional wall and I don't let myself feel feelings. So I love that oh, you same, named it. Same, same, same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's that you named it. It's, it must, it's the New Yorker in us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be tough. Gotta be, yeah. Have to. So I'm generally mm. not one for, like, uh, to be honest with you, I love music and it always makes me like it drums up emotion, makes me feel music's not usually yeah. the thing that brings tears or cathartic. If I want to cry, I'll go to movies. I don't usually go to music. Um, well, I'm curious. Okay. So you said this was your antidote today um, was seeing this interview with Adele and Oprah, the master interviewer and the master voice. I'm curious if there's something, especially we're coming out of the pandemic, even though, you know, COVID is here forever. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> is there something that you have found a surprising thing that has started, to, that has become something that like soothes you during this time or that makes you kind of forget that we're in a full hurricane of <laughs> American mm-hmm. evil at all times? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think one, well, yes, for sure. And it's, it's an odd one only because in many ways, we're still like, once I tell you what it is, you'll, you'll understand it. Like you're being completely confronted by the pandemic in spite of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say travel. Yes. You know, yes, bitch. Um, yes. where have you been? So this summer I was invited to France um, to participate. Right. Yeah, I was a juror for, um, it's called Series Mania. So it's an international television festival. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, to be honest with you, initially, like I wasn't, because I think about a week before I was supposed to leave was when the Delta variant was like announced mm-hmm. and that was go- happening. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know if I should go. Uh, and they were like, no, no, we're going to take every precaution. And I was like, ah. but I decided to go anyway. And I'm really glad I went because in spite of the yeah. fact that, you know, everyone was still having to wear masks and, you know, you had to show your vaccination card everywhere. There was something about just being out in the world and mm-hmm. not, I mean, we, in 2020, when, when we were in the height of it, you know, I was here in LA mm-hmm. and we were in lockdown. For, I literally was in my apartment for six months. Yeah. Mm-mm. Didn't go anywhere. Same. Just here yeah. for six mm-hmm. full months. And to, to be out in the world again and like to see people and to just have just a smidgen, just a little bit of like normalcy. And yeah. And I and I, Grace, I know you will this will resonate for you, which is being from New York, like having the ability to walk and use my legs. Yes. And like I just I so missed that you know it was just really and and in some weird way again even though we were, you had to wear masks and you I just sort of forgot of the pandemic right it just you I felt mm-hmm. like I was just a normal person again yeah, yeah. I completely agree and great Grace and I took a little trip um right when the Delta variant was announced too we went with a friend of ours Tash to Sicily for like a week yeah. and it was the same thing. Like Delta was like, Hey, it's out here. Like the day before we were traveling. <laughs> and it was like, uh... <laughs> um, we already spent, and then we like treated ourselves for the first time. We used like trip. this really like nice, like travel agent and stuff like that. So it's like, well, we, um, spent a lot of money already. <laughs> so we, so Delta girl, you're going to have to stay to the side because, um, we're not canceling this trip. So yeah, it was amazing. 
And then also to be in Italy, they really love Americans on Sicily. Because remember, everywhere we went, they're just like, the, the Americans, Americans are, are back. back. <laughs> they literally kept saying that. They're like, Americans, you're back. I love how you like, did that in pitch and tune and in harmony. <laughs> it often happens. <laughs> exactly. Well, tell us about France. Like, how long were you there? And um, did you get to, like, travel around? I was or there. did you just go to the festival and come back no so i was there for three weeks uh the first week and a half i was in uh lille which is in the northeastern part of france Mm -hmm. um and it was beautiful it was such it was just it was gorgeous it felt it's much more rural i would say at least in parts than than um than paris but it was it was gorgeous. And like, we, you know, they really, you know, they know how to host and, and they rolled out the red carpet. Okay, I'm gonna so I'm going to circle back to this. I'm going to need to get the details yeah. on this whole. Uh, yeah. I, I, I could like, do TV what, in what France. I, I could do that. Yeah. I judge that. Okay. judge. <laughs> we got we to get you into that. We got to get you in exactly. there. Exactly. And then the last week and a half was, was spent in Paris and I'd never been there. So that was also beautiful. And, you know, You've I was walking like 25,000 steps a day. And yeah. In spite of the fact that I ate croissants, plural, every, every single day, day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still came back and I lost six pounds. Because <laughs> yeah. you was walking. Everywhere. You were walking well, also, also, I think our food here our food is, is terrible. Uh, <laughs> filled with additives. Barely food. I, I went to um, a food tour in Paris once and they were saying that like for the bread and for the croissants, there's literally a law that says you can only use certain ingredients. And we ain't got that law here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here they're like the more ingredients, the better. (laughs) You know what's funny about you saying that though, Riz? Like I have a friend who's from New Zealand and when she moved to America, the first thing that she said, I'll never forget, she was like bought a loaf of bread, took one bite through the entire loaf away. I was like, this is horrible. And I was like, what happened? And she was like, it's, there's so much sugar in the bread. And she was like, it just does, this doesn't taste like bread. And I was like, oh. And then you travel internationally and you have their bread and you're like, oh, I get it. I remember when I was a kid, I used to think I hated Italian food. I was like, Italian food is terrible because I had only had Olive Garden. And then when I grew up and I went to Italy for the first time and I was like, oh, I've never had Italian food until today. <laughs> I was like, who could have peppers in it? <laughs> I did not realize <laughs> that I was not eating Italian food. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. American food is trash. Yeah. Um, that sounds like an amazing trip. And I hear what you're saying, just even, you know, if, even from Grace and my experiences traveling to the idea that like you are confronted with the pandemic to even be able to travel all of the mm-hmm. hoops to go through to like get your test and have all the digital stuff so that you can enter the country. And yet once you're actually there, you just get to be keep your mask on and be it's really beautiful yeah speaking no go ahead grace I'm go sorry. Ahead. sorry no i was just saying speaking of bees there were so many in in italy uh that, <laughs> i was that not went, speaking of bees <laughs> i know but you said you could just be and so maybe think of the bees because there was this one bee that one morning when we were <laughs> Uh, prosciutto. The bee landed on our prosciutto, cut yes. a piece, and then flew away. <laughs> Not kidding, Stephen. This bee landed on the prosciutto, and we're like, "Is he doing a dance? What's happening?" And then we see him lift a corner of the prosciutto in his little bee legs, and we started screaming. And then he flew away with it. It was, I was just like, I ain't never seen no American bee do that. So I'm just like, you know what? Our food is trash because the, the don't want bees it. won't even touch it. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. Just sorry. Sorry. I keep, I keep doing this. Sorry. <laughs> That's a great story. That's a good story. <laughs> um, well, we have we have one um, uh, last question for you um, before we we uh, leave you. Obviously, Grace and I both worked on the show Insecure, and it's brought so much happiness to our lives outside of our careers. Like Pose, obviously, brought a lot of professional success into your life as we rattled off at the beginning of this interview. And people ask you about that part of your journey a lot. 
Um, but we'd love to hear, like, they ask you about like what career, how your career started and how you got this, how you got the script made and how many drafts and how many meetings we've heard you answer those questions before on other interviews. However, we'd love to know what are ways that the show has enriched your life and brought you joy outside of your professional career? Mm. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Um, the first place that I go to immediately is I think about all of the, the space that you have to hold for other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I think what you were saying about the experience of, of like us being at the center of, of working on content that means a lot to people, uh, mm-hmm. is great. But I think that like those questions that you just pointed out, like the, you know, tell me about like, how long did it take to get made and blah, blah, blah. Like that tends to come from people who are either based in LA or working in the industry, you know, like, mm-hmm. like people out in the real world really could give a shit about that. <laughs> yeah. Like they're not particularly interested in, in, you know, how did you get it made? Like, I don't get that from like, you know, the, the person who lives down the block who just casually watches the show. Um, but I do, I I find myself more often than not being in the position of receiving a lot of energy from people, like a lot of goodwill Mm. and and having to hold Mm. again, hold space because there's this thing that happens where if you're deeply connected to work or art that you see, and I understand that because I'm that way, you know, like, like, I think we all have like some actor or director or musician or artist or writer that we love, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. had I had the opportunity to meet, you know, like Toni Morrison, for example, who wrote my favorite Mm -hmm. book or my favorite novel, Beloved, like I would have had Mm -hmm. that reaction being around her, you know, where I'm just like, oh my, uh, you know. So I get that when, when people meet me out in the world and they're like, oh, you created Pose, like then suddenly... The tenor changes a bit and it's like, I have to tell you, you know, while watching this episode or watching this show or, you know, the way that it, it shifted me or changed me. And so I think the, the to answer your question, having those experiences have changed me for the better because I think that it has, going back to something we were talking about earlier that Grace and I connected on, it's like, I think it's forced me to be more in tune with my own feelings, mm-hmm. you know, because I think it's hard to be, there was a version of me in my twenties. And even I would say in my early thirties where I, I think I, um, I really valued being the person who mastered the art of the emotional disconnect. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think I, I spent mm-hmm. a lot of my twenties wow. and my thirties being like, oh, you like Steven is the person that you want to put in the middle of the shit storm because I'm not going to fall apart. Like I'm yeah, the person yeah. who's going to show up and I'm going to be there. And like, we can put all that stuff, the motions to the side, like, like work needs to get done or we need to keep moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is very much in line for like black and brown people in this country in general mm-hmm. that we're just kind of conditioned because yeah. we have to yeah mm-hmm. you know you just have to kind of move and, and i and i think i really took that in and so holding space for other people when you know whether it's you know the mom who's telling me watching the show uh makes me wish that i could reparent my kids because i know that i would be a different kind of mother mm-hmm. seeing a character wow. like blanca or you know, meeting the 60-year-old woman who just came out as trans um, and acknowledged mm. her her identity only after watching the show and surviving cancer. You know, like there, mm. the, you have moments like that and you're being confronted by people and their lived experience. You have and they're no so vulnerable. choice. You know, you have no choice but to just go to that space with them. Um, and so I think in the process, it's like it's forced me to be, again, more open and more, I think, more generous and loving with my emotions with the people in my life um, and more honest, but also um, has taught me to never, ever, ever uh, be in a space where I'm dimming my shine and not just being authentically me. Mm. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. So beautiful. I love I that. I mean, 
I connect on that to so many levels because I remember I was an assistant and they used to call me unflappable grace. Like they would just throw shit at me and I would just be like, okay. And I might go in the bathroom and cry, (laughs) but no one ever, ever saw me sweat. And yeah, there was a point in time and something I'm still struggling now at my big age um, is like, you know, letting people like dropping that oh, I'm okay. You don't have to do anything for me. You don't have to. Yeah. So I really, really connect to that sentiment. And um, yeah, I mean, Pose did that. Pose taught me a lot um, about um, a community that I didn't know anything about. So I can only imagine um, people that are members of that community, like how much it's meant to them and having to sort of accept that, that praise and hold space for people's emotions. I'm sure that's not easy for folks like us. <laughs> well, guys, we said we'd get deep tonight and we did. Um, we this did. was such a great conversation. I feel so much better now that I've talked to you, That now that we've both gotten to have this time with you. I feel good. Yeah, the world is still tough, but um, this, was a, this was a gift talking to you tonight. Yeah. Do you have anything coming up that you want to tell us about? Anything you'd like to plug? It can even be something you just love not something you created. Like all the Housewives franchises have been really good this year. <laughs> I've been hearing that. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Who's your favorite on Potomac? Who's your, who's your? My favorite on Potomac. Uh, yeah. Let me think. This season, surprise. And I usually, I'm sort of, I feel agnostic about her. This season, I liked Karen. Um, I actually really oh, the enjoyed Dame. I, the Grand Dame. I really enjoyed Wendy this season. <laughs> I, I was like kind of whatever about her last season, but I, I liked her this season. <laughs> um, and obviously people can tune into your episode of Love, Victor, which we're so excited Yay. about. Um, and finally, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, I am on Instagram and on Twitter at Stephen with a V, Stephen Canals. Not these PHs out here. Not these, not these. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) that ain't nothing but a Stefan. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Stephen, for being with us tonight. It's truly a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So uh, the next segment is our creative tap-in. Let's hear it, Grace. So this quote is from um, a woman named Diane Marie Child. Trust that still small voice that says, this might work and I'll try it. Why does this quote make me want to cry? (laughs) It's so true. Trust that still small voice that says, this might work and I'll try it. It literally is making Mm -hmm. me feel emotional because I got notes today on a script and like, Oh, God, I literally am going to cry. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, I hate notes. Like, I literally, like, I'm, I process notes so poorly, and it's, it's just part of my process now. Like, I used to beat myself up for, like, being so hard on myself when I get notes, but it's now I'm just like, embrace it. It's just who you are. I hate getting notes, even when they're good. And literally today, I got notes on a project that's really important to me, Mm -hmm. and like, And the note was good. And I was like, no, like my body is just like, resist, fight or flight. And I'm going to fight. And I literally had a little voice in my head. I was like, well, that could work. So maybe you should try it. (laughs) It literally happened to me. And I was like, oh, I need to try this fucking note. But then it means that it's creating more work and... It is what it is. It's the process. And I know sometimes that might not be what the quote's talking about. The quote Mm -hmm. could be talking about just like even a new idea, try Mm -hmm. it as opposed to someone else's idea. Um, But for me, the way I um, absorbed it today, because I am such shit with like, I'm real bad. (laughs) I literally (laughs) can't function. I started crying on the call. (laughs) Oh no. <laughs> but it's just it's just who I am. I've 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 decided it's just who I am. I, yeah. I it's the part of me nobody sees except now I guess people who listen to this podcast will now know that <laughs> they're listening it. to a great A pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so no. that's what the quote means to me. What yeah. About, what about yeah? What about me? Um, well, it just reminds me of um, a cu- well, first of all, it reminds me about the beginning of my career when um, mm. I would have all these ideas, but I would never write them because mm-hmm. I, I was so scared of failure, scared of success. 
Um, so it was like trying to avoid actually doing the work. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the, this might work. I'll try it. That attitude is kind of what everyone needs to like do anything creative. Cause if you're yeah. going to prejudge it before it even exists, um, you'll never yeah. do anything creative. Um, and it also makes me think about my life now because I'm moving into new areas and stuff in my career. Mm. I'm, you know, running a show now and um, also uh, thinking about getting back into acting. And, you know, there's all these things. Thinking about getting back in. Girl, I know, I'm getting it like back that? in. Just see, say, and you're getting see, back that's the, you. that's the part. Yes, uh, yes. So, you know, <laughs> a part of me still feels shy to even say that out loud or to tell people because, you know, I sort of, was just like, oh, I'm I'm not a person that needs attention. I'm just a writer in the back. And, you know, that whole thing. Um, but just having the courage to, like, step out and try it uh, because more than likely it's going to work. So um, thank you, Diane Marie Child. It, it's just a reminder. You know, being creative is mostly about having the courage to try something that you haven't mm -hmm. tried before and not be so wrapped up in the results or be so afraid of failing that yeah. you don't try it at all. Because, you know, like Diane Marie Child says, this might work. Um, so... That's that was I mean. beautiful. I love that we both had different interpretations of it, too. I like, know. That's but... the power of the quotes. Thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel a lot better, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. <laughs> and in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracieact. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe and, you know, rate us five stars at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And you know what? Keep speaking truth to power. Amen. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. It's produced by Jenna Hanchard and our associate producer is Taylor Polidor. Our executive producer is Erica Kraus and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TTV Artist and Cosmo The Truth. APM Studio executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Ow, ow.